Welcome to the Reclamation Podcast. Reclamation is a project that we've started to explore faith and what it might look like outside of institutional churches. Our conviction is that someone losing faith in the church doesn't necessarily mean that they've lost their faith. Our passion is for an authentic pursuit of faith that impacts every area of our lives and world. Our hope is to help spiritually displaced people reclaim their role in God's story. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Reclamation Faith Podcast. Hi, everyone. Allison and Josh here. Cheers, Allison. Cheers. Different beverages tonight. First time ever, which makes me think... Is it really? I oh. think so. On, I mean, obviously, on the podcast, which makes me wonder if we're going to argue a lot. <laughs> because we have two different drinks, so we're going to have two different opinions on yes, everything. yeah. Maybe. Or, or maybe we'll get along better because we're not trying to, like... <laughs> Be the same person. Yeah, yeah. Be on the same <laughs> Be page. Original well, in any case, cheers. Oh, cheers. Did I we think already do we this? Did that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, it doesn't hurt to do it again. You've got a Washington Merlot, mm-hmm. 14 Hands uh, Vineyards, and I'm drinking Guinness Brewery, only has one brewery in North America. And it is it is in Baltimore, and so I'm drinking the Open Gate Brewery from Guinness's Baltimore Blonde, which is really good. (laughs) It is good. It is good. Um, So we have a special episode for Mm -hmm. you all today. Some of you will love this topic. Some of you are gonna be like, okay. (laughs) Um, But we're going to talk about Encanto, the movie Encanto, Mm -hmm. in relation to deconstructing and reclaiming your faith yes so we both have loved the movie Encanto we watched it together with our daughter it's the first movie we ever watched uh, where we all went in blind yes kind of. yes yes so she'd be like what's gonna happen mama and we're, I was like we don't know yeah. yeah hopefully it's appropriate yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we were all mesmerized. It was so cute. Yeah. And we've seen um, it a few times since then. Right, right, right. And if you have children, you've seen it. And um, <laughs> if you don't, you probably have seen it too, or at least heard the song. And if you haven't, pause this episode right now. Yes. Go get a Disney Plus subscription, watch or the movie. Your parents. And then come back and listen to this yes. because we're going to spoil everything. And oh gosh, true. We have to say spoiler alert. Yeah, so don't don't keep this. listening if you haven't seen the movie. Go see the okay. movie. It's way better than what we're about to say. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. So, okay, Josh is the one. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Who um, has sort of come up with the idea for this yeah. episode. So, Josh, why don't you lead the charge? Yes. Okay, so first I want to say, like, I love this movie for a lot of reasons. It's just very well done. The music's great. One of the biggest reasons I love it for our daughter is the cultural um, kind of like exposure. You know, it's very much like based in the culture of Colombia. And I love that she has that exposure. So I don't want to take away from that. Like, and I don't want to take away from what the movie's like actually about and what it communicates oh, about. <laughs> the original intent was yes. not to talk about deconstructing. No, yeah. We are talking <laughs> about something that the movie is not about. Uh, and so the the ultimate value, I think, is found in those things. So I just want to be clear about that. Like, we're not trying to put a meaning on it that it never intended or to try to take away from some of the stories about, like, you know, 
people in these cultures and what they've dealt with. And there's a lot in there, I think, about mm -hmm. kind of like refugees and, mm. you know, like the, the realities of like political violence and stuff that we know nothing about firsthand. So yeah. anyway, but... That being said, I have watched the movie now a few times and thought a lot about how so much of it can be this extended metaphor for deconstruction. Okay. And I thought what we could do is maybe just talk about it as a metaphor, but really looking at how it relates to like the stages kind of of kind of questioning and reclaiming faith. Yeah. Okay. Um, something we've talked about a lot on here, but that I thought would be fun to do in this in this way. Yeah, so right. Anyway, uh, if you're not familiar with the movie, again, you should watch it. But just a refresher, a little refresher. Those, yeah. Yes, a so, plot recently. summary. It focuses on the character of Mirabelle, who is one of a large family, the Madrigal family, uh -huh. and she is the only one of the family, with the exception of her grandma Abuela, uh, who does not have a magical gift. Mm -hmm. All the other members of the family, except the men who married in, have like some magical power that has been granted to them by this miracle that was mm -hmm. given to her grandma. And throughout the course of the movie, the miracle seems to be kind of like in trouble. And the house that was birthed from this miracle starts to like have all these cracks in it mm -hmm. and stuff. Okay, and now there's this one small detail that's going to be really important for our conversation, which is that the grandma, when she was young and her husband died and she received this miracle, it came in the form of a candle. Right. And right. so at the center of this house kind of is this magic candle mm -hmm. that's always burning. And as the house kind of starts to get cracks and falter, the candle starts to kind of like flicker. Wobble. Right, right. right. Wobble, yeah. A wobbly flame. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. And that's interesting to me because that's something that our, at the time, three-year-old, but now four-year-old child mm -hmm. picked up on... Maybe this is big spoiler alert for whatever Josh's main point was, but the candle doesn't come back. Right, right. And and that to end. our kiddo mm -hmm. was just so confusing. Like, why isn't she there a was candle in anymore? Her, in her, you know, I'm kind of amazed that she tracked with that at least, but mm -hmm. um, in her childlike, you know, understanding that was the impetus of power. Yes. And that was what was giving the magic and it never came back. Right. So what happened yeah 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 that is yeah that's a very keen observation right mm -hmm. um yeah so mirabelle is like out to kind of like restore the miracle but it really it's a story about her questioning her place mm -hmm. in this family mm -hmm. right it's a story about her figuring out her role especially when she doesn't seem to fit in she doesn't right. have like this giftedness that everyone else seems to and so the, the story is about her finding her place and finding her voice really yeah um so there's, it's very layered. It's so, good. it's so good. There's a lot going on there. One thing that's really interesting. Okay, a side fact that I read about. Is it about the Enneagram? No, it's about the candle. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Although we should do an Enneagram about all the characters or something yes, some other time. Yes. Well, we're yeah. Go there's ahead, a Josh. scene. Okay, so there's a scene where Mirabelle is like really little and she doesn't get a gift. Like her, yeah. the door that represents her powers like disappears, and. In that moment, the candle flickers, right? Like that's the oh. first time when Mirabelle's really little and the candle kind of falters. Okay. And the writer said that they really made it intentional that the candle falter after the Mirabelle doesn't get her door, um, not before, <gasps> because the candle is sort of represents 
a little bit of like the relational kind of like the strength of the miracle is about like the family's trust of each other. And so they said if it happened before, it would kind of say maybe there's something wrong with Mirabelle. But the fact that she didn't get a power was they really wanted to show it's intentional. What's not intentional is the doubt that comes. Oh, interesting. So I was thinking when you said that, that they were trying to show that the power is not from the candle. Uh It's something else. No, it's like tied to the family. Okay, okay. Okay, so here, here we yeah, go. Here, here we, go. we go. Let's go. So I feel like the way the movie progresses, there's all these things that we can kind of trace, many of us, in our own journeys of faith. Like if we look at the whole thing as a metaphor for faith, there's a lot to unpack, right? So I have kind of started to see it as like the candle being external and the house that has kind of like been built around that candle is sort of representative That's of like contemporary christianity okay right? like okay. think of it like institutional christian maybe we could think of the house as like right. the church yes. um, yeah or whatever but so first is mirabelle really is doubting her place and like oh, really doubting this is her be good, josh <laughs> i like it okay go ahead, go ahead she really starts to feel like not everything here is like what it seems to be and i feel really on the outside of this right and that's when the cracks start to show up right, right. so there's kind right. of like this first stage where not everything is as it's supposed to be. And you kind of start to see and notice the cracks mm-hmm. and realize like, what is my place here? Like maybe I don't fit in here. Mm-hmm. And I've, I was just thinking like, that is the place that so many of us at one point or another have found yeah. ourselves. Right. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Like, like when, I guess maybe like one question I would ask is like, when did you first start to see the cracks, Right. you know, in like your faith system? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think so often that's, tied well at least for me and i think a lot of people that's tied to relational mm-hmm. problems or it's it's brought to the surface through relationships and so for mirabelle she's realizing something's amiss because these relationships especially with her abuela mm-hmm. you know are not what they should be and her sister yeah right, right yeah so there's usually there's and that's so common yes mm-hmm. like there's some relational issue that shows, ooh, something's not quite right here. Right. And I mean, we could go further and say oftentimes it's also about power or fear. Right, which both of those things play a big role in the movie and in deconstruction. Yes, and, yeah. And, and in that time when like the cracks first really show up for her, it's also this realization that she's kind of being left out. Like really, mm-hmm. I've watched the movie a few times mm-hmm. and it's like, you kind of start to realize how terrible her family treats her because she doesn't fit in. Like they walk on eggshells and they try to be kind to her, but they really kind of like treat her terribly because she doesn't fit in. And I think that for a lot of us, that process of questioning our place in a Mm -hmm. system or like when we start to kind of like break out of the expected mold a little bit, that's when people start to treat us differently. And that's Mm. when we start to see cracks in the facade of kind of like Christian community. Absolutely. Absolutely. You don't fit what I want you to be right now. You yeah. aren't playing the role I want you to play. You're not saying the right things. Um, so do we really want you here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So common. So this that's good. That's okay, like Josh, I good. feel like that's kind of the first A-plus stage. On the first stage. <laughs> first stage for me was like <laughs> like when did you start to see the cracks and why? And yeah, like yeah. you said, Allison, I think a lot of it's relational, right? It first comes with like that. Like I know that for me, when I first started to see the cracks in, in sort of Christianity in general, like not as theology per se it was more 
institutionally, it was because I realized I started working at a, a church as an intern in college and I realized these people like hate each other. You know, like when I saw that behind the scenes and like a lot of the staff members were just like really untrusting and kind of like that, it just was like, oh my gosh, this place. This is, yeah, is something goes wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you? Can you think of like a time when you saw the cracks maybe for the first time? Yeah, I don't know about for the first time, but I think there's so often. I can look to two different things, and they're broad, but um, silencing of people, and I guess this is almost like silencing too, but and there being somewhat of a, a high wall built around certain areas of theology that mm. if you go outside of that said fence, then you are no longer one of us. Yeah. So yeah. there's things that are off topic. Um or taboo maybe taboo yeah that are taboo or like if you go down that path like you're not welcome basically mm-hmm. or you're not accepted as a christian or follower of jesus anymore mm-hmm. so those are the those are probably two the very broad answers but yeah that would be it well there's scenes of like where people are sort of like talking about mirabelle behind her back like go easy on her you know that kind of thing like but it's clear that she's not, like, part of the system. And sort of like that, where I think you can question in a lot of, like, spaces, Christian spaces, but it's sort of like, oh, yeah, okay, okay. But then behind your back, it's like, okay, go easy on that person. They're, they're backsliding right, or they're, right. you know, or whatever. Like, are you guys hearing this? Like, yeah. what? Check in on her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of reasons to see the cracks, but a lot yeah. of them start with kind of, like, broken trust, right? That's mm-hmm. true. Okay, so stage two I see in the movie is a lot of the bulk of the middle of it, which is that Mirabelle then desperately tries to save oh, the house and save the okay. miracle, yeah. right? So she's yeah. trying to save the miracle. And that's a lot of the story is her trying to like right. figure out what's going on. So she starts to like talk to family members. She realizes in this process of trying to save things or figure out what's going on is that a lot of other people are struggling too. Right. Yes. That's so true. Like her sister, her big sister, yeah, Louisa and... She's like her eyes twitching, and then she com- she like confronts her about it. And she- poor Louisa, has this <laughs> amazing song, this um, what is it, the anthem of the oldest sister? Yeah, yeah, oldest basically. sister anthem. Oh my heart! I know. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So that's an interesting everybody's, thing. Everybody's a little shook about yeah. things. It's yeah. It's like kind of this process of like, oh wait, other people are also mm-hmm. struggling in different gosh, ways, gosh, right? Yeah. Okay. So that's that's kind of like part two for a lot of us. It's when we try so desperately to kind of like, one, maybe the problems with us, like that's, that's something she's struggling with a lot too. Like maybe this is my fault. Um, but then also there's the reality of kind of like, oh wait, but maybe there's a bigger problem here and I'm going to try to fix it. Right. Yes. And I think a lot of us have at different times tried to fix our churches or like fix our Christian community. I know I've been in that role like so many. I mean, oh, that's part right. of what we're yeah. doing here. Right. Right. right, right. <laughs> we are still doing that um, to a large degree in a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, and that's needed, right? Like if you think, like if we look biblically at this, like so many of the prophets were calling back the people of God, mm-hmm. like trying to. I don't know if fix is the right word, though, I guess, but... Yeah. Yeah, no, they were trying to, like, break it down further, right, I right, think. Right, 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 yeah. Which is what needs to happen, and that actually takes us All right, onward. So I, We'll breeze past this stage, because I think we many of us are there, or we know it, where it's kind of like, we take it upon ourselves to try to find a solution right, right. to the struggles yep. we're facing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, okay, 
Stage three. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> this is the last stage, right? No. Oh. No, definitely not. How many are there? Twelve. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, How many are there, really? You'll see. <laughs> I'm not making this up as I go. <laughs> okay, go ahead, go ahead. The next thing that happens is, more or less, Mirabel discovers that the problem is beyond fixing. Right. So there's a lot of things in there that we could like pick apart and find little faith metaphors, but essentially what happens is she, she realizes the problem is beyond fixing, and the problem that a lot of them are struggling with, that a lot of people who have really been burdened in this family, it's because of the expectations right. that the whole system has required of them, right? So this is a systemic issue. This mm-hmm. isn't just Mirabel. This isn't just Luisa or Bruno, her uncle or whatever. This is like systemic. Who we haven't talked about. Which we will. Right. We don't. Well, we're not going to. No. Good job. Um, and there's this big confrontation with Abuela. Right. Right. And right. she and basically Mirabel says, like, none of us will ever be good enough for you. And the magic, the miracle is dying and it's because of you. And at that, the cracks go like out of control and the house falls apart. So that to me is stage three. Yeah. This is a systemic problem, that yes. realization. Yeah. And the more and more Mirabel comes to that realization, the more she sees the problems in the family, the more pushback and aggressive she gets from especially the elder members of the family, mm. particularly Abuela, who holds right. literally right. the keys. Like yeah, that's yeah, a symbol yeah. and she has the keys wow. on her belt. Like wow. she is she has the keys to the kingdom. Yes. And Abuela is, you know, is a character who's complicated and has a good heart in the movie, but she definitely holds the power. That's mm-hmm. a line in the first song. Like, let's be clear, Abuela runs this show. And so to me, like Abuela represents if we're talking like the church metaphor, like she's the lead pastor or she's like the governing board or whatever, like she's the one who has a vested interest in the system working. And she also is ignoring the problems that are there. Like she's very much in denial about the problems. So that is to me, stage three. So for, (laughs) what does that look like deconstruction wise when you realize, you know, oh, this isn't just me and my doubts and my struggles. This is something that goes deeper. Well, I think it's interesting. I feel like, ah, I could be wrong, but I feel like this in the movie is understood quite abruptly. Mm. It does come about kind of quickly. Do you think so? Yeah, a little bit. And I think that actually does mirror Real life. Well, it's okay. So here's a mini, uh, like a tangent, but the moment comes after um, there's a reconciliation between Mirabelle and her other sister, Isabella. Right. um, Hmm. And the candle burns brighter and some of the cracks disappear. So there's a relational healing that takes place. Yeah. And it's kind of like, oh, we can save this thing. We can turn this around. And I think that a lot of us, when battling broken systems, have felt that at times where there's like little moments of like, glory or victory or like beauty or love and we say like okay maybe this thing can still be salvaged Mm -hmm. and what happens though is that abuela comes in and essentially like loses it at mirabelle and won't hear about the healing or the good that's happened she she instead alienates her and punishes her further for like rocking the boat more or less right and that's when uh, there is this abrupt realization of like oh even the good I'm doing isn't good enough. And I think, okay, so I feel like there are moments for a lot of us, not I'm sure everyone, where 
you're starting to deconstruct, you're recognizing the cracks in the system, and then you experience God. Yeah. And you experience maybe like through healing of a relationship or maybe through worship or maybe through anything. Um, But you experience God and that almost calls into light the sin Mm -hmm. of the system Mm -hmm. or of the leadership Mm -hmm. or of, you know, the church at large. Like, oh, I've tasted what Jesus has to offer Mm -hmm. and that is not what you're doing. Yeah. Like that doesn't align with what's happening in this place. Yeah. And so I feel like that does fit too with the movie of like, yeah, she had that reconciliation with um, Isabella. Isabella. Yeah, with the purple one. <laughs> the purple one. The <laughs> one our daughter has the dress of. The dress we have. Dances around. <laughs> says that I have flowers growing on my head. She? <laughs> yeah, she says that. She's like, you have flowers on your head, daddy. <laughs> like, okay. So, um, so, yeah. So Mirabelle experiences that reconciliation, that healing, that hope with her sister. And then the opposite is even more stark of a yeah, contrast, right? Yeah. And that is so, so often the case, I think, where we're like trying to fix everything. And then you're like, whoa, but then there's God. Yeah. Like here God is like breaking into this moment. And that's so beautiful and so good. And let's bring that, you know. And that's when the system the that's broken and, so yes. starts to seem so small and limiting. Right. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I I think many of us have been there at times where we recognize, like, um, you know, what I want and long for and even what I'm working for is not being appreciated or honored or, you know, that kind of thing. And and that's when we, I think, really need to kind of like, I don't know, recognize that maybe this is, there's something much bigger going on. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, stage four. This is, there's only five, (laughs) but this for me is the big one. This is kind of the heart of this whole episode's inspiration was the candle going back to the candle. So Mirabelle and Abuela have it out Mm -hmm. and the house starts to fall apart. So starts to completely falls apart. It completely, the the candle starts to really like die and Mirabelle tries to rush up and save the candle because that's like the source Mm -hmm. of the, the miracle. Mm -hmm. And the house is completely being deconstructed all around her. (laughs) It's falling apart. And she grabs the candle and she's like, even though the house is like falling apart or like is completely broken, the candle still has like a little life left. And she is desperately trying to keep it from burning out. But it does go out. This, I think, is like really where deconstruction gets hard and scary for a lot of us. I feel afraid right now. Yeah, it's a really... (laughs) brutal scene in a way um because i think that we when we are in any kind of institutional system church system good bad everywhere in between there is a almost impossibility separating faith from the viability and health of that external system that has sheltered it right so the house has sheltered this candle Mm -hmm. And for this family and for Mirabelle, like the source of their power, the source of their hope, their calling, everything has been this candle. And I think if the candle represents faith, there's this feeling that, wow, this structure has fallen apart. This family, the system that I thought I believed in has shown that it's not as good as I had thought. In fact, it's deeply broken. And the candle begins to burn 
lower and lower and it even goes out. Yeah. And I think that that's like the really scary moment for many of us, right? Where you kind of are in that dark night of the soul, yeah. you know, kind of like, have I, have I lost my faith mm-hmm. when we see this structure falling down all around us when we've been hurt so badly? Um, you know, the things that we thought we believed in have shown themselves to be more or less empty. <laughs> and it's very, very scary, right? So to me, that is the wilderness, the depths of the wilderness. Um, because for Mirabelle, it's like, that was it. That, that was, everything, hope is gone. Hope is gone. Everything was about this candle. Yeah. So for That's... many of us in, in reclamation, I think we're afraid of getting to that point. Yeah. You know, we're afraid of getting to the point where this candle that I'm trying so desperately to protect is is burning out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Stage five. What happens next? Well, she runs away. Yeah. But then mm-hmm. she finds Abuela and they have this moment of understanding yeah. with one another at the water's edge and a butterfly flies in. And uh, kind of to summarize that, Abuela reveals a little bit of the past and the grief that motivated the how she formed the house and how the miracle came to her. It's a terribly sad moment. And so Mirabelle understands a little bit of the the trauma and the grief that kind of is at the heart of the... Right. And the reason she's clinging to this, right? Mm -hmm. And the reason she's driven by fear because she's lost so much. Yeah. So Mirabelle begins to understand where some of Abuela's, you know, toxicity, I guess you could say, comes from, to use use the very in vogue phrase. And so they go back and they decide, let's kind of like be a family, let's rebuild this house. Um, And it's, you know, a lot of people said the movie resolves itself too quickly, which I agree a little Mm. bit. But essentially what they come to realize is that the miracle, the beauty here was not ever the powers that we had or the things we could do or even the house itself it's each other it's our relationships yeah and they rebuild the house and then surprise surprise they give mirabelle her own oh, doorknob which yeah. is kind of representative of like place and right, belonging right. and acceptance yeah and she uses it to open the front door of the house and in that moment the magic comes back yeah and like our daughter noticed the candle does not there's not suddenly right. a new candle it's right. just that the it's, house is magical. The house is burning brighter than ever before. Yeah. But there's no candle fueling it. Hmm. It's the love of the people that's fueling it, right? So, no, really, it is. <laughs> She's my, Allison's laughing at me right now. It's the. I'm just worried we've it's gone the, too far. No, it's the trust. <laughs> it's the trust and the love and kind of the like acceptance of people despite like what they can provide. Right, that, right. That, the value of brings, individuals. Yeah, yeah. It brings the power. So to me, that's like the fifth and final and hopeful stage of okay, this whole process okay. of like deconstruction is realizing that our faith was actually never in these other things all along, but that only by the dying of kind of the external mm-hmm. sort of trappings of our faith can we come to a deeper understanding and and have faith that is even stronger than ever before because it's been stripped of all of those things that we kind of erected around it. Right, right. Or focused our attention upon. Like, I feel like the candle was... Mm -hmm. Which, unfortunately... (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, I feel like a candle is a great symbol of Jesus in a lot of like Christian lore. <laughs> sure, like okay, this little fine. light of mine is what I'm thinking. I'm like, yeah, oh yeah. Lord, have mercy to Josh. Just like 
I'm gonna let it shine. Throw Jesus out, but in your understand, in your like metaphor, yeah, that's not the case. It's like the external things that we've imbued value in, yeah, that don't have value, right? And it's relationships, and for us, Jesus, yeah, um, or even losing one kind of faith. Like maybe in that moment, there is like a loss of faith. But maybe that there's like actually a, a bigger, better faith that is waiting to be found that needs a death, you mm. know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that idea of like the death of the house was necessary for them to come to a fuller understanding, a mm-hmm. truer understanding of like, what is this magic? What yeah. is this spirit, you know, mm-hmm. in our case, up to? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting, Josh. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I think I think it works. You know. So for me, the house is like obviously the the church structures, uh-huh, right? Like uh-huh. the the deconstruction of like the church culture. But then we, there's also a little bit of, that has to be kind of the reexamining of what's even at the heart of those structures too. So like the house is very external, but the candle, the light, like that whole idea is like the internal parts of that mm-hmm. that fuel it. Yeah. It's it works. Good. It works. It's a metaphor. It is a metaphor. <laughs> it is a metaphor. Yeah. No, it's great. So I'm curious, which part of that journey do you find yourself in, Josh? I like feel like I'm constantly vacillating back and forth between stage four and five. Uh, okay, wait. And four was four is like the candles burning out. Oh gosh, <laughs> but, the worst scary part of the right. Week. But and then five, this other hopeful piece of like you've let go of the brokenness. Yeah, and you're embracing and the there's, truth. I'm starting to see that there's something better and more beautiful, yeah. and that like, okay, so a big thing for us is that church is not maybe a requirement for people like institutionally like if you've lost faith in the church that's okay that doesn't mean you've lost your faith for me i still find a lot of value in church mm-hmm. maybe not universally for everyone but part of building a healthy church is yeah. part of that so it means a lot to me that in the movie um hmm. the house is rebuilt yeah. and the house has its magic return to it in a yeah. way that is not dependent upon um like falsehood you know like not not dependent upon the candle, yeah, or the, the candle, but also like sustained by kind of like this fear and control and yeah, power. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right, yeah, yeah. not to paint a poor abuela in such a negative light, but <laughs> well, you know, I'll just yeah, we're doing what we can. How about you? How about you? Yeah, I am like, well, I'm kind of struggling honestly with what number is what but i think i go i jump around between the last one mm-hmm. and the second one okay trying to fix everything <laughs> oh yeah oh is that what it is what's the third one the third one is realizing that the problems are bigger than just like yeah individual or you. right i think i'm in the third and the and the final Okay. stage a lot of just like this is a systemic systemic problem oh shoot that systemic problem is everywhere right yeah <laughs> that i see and then also um yeah who cares because like god is bigger than this and god is doing something beautiful and new mm. and is constantly at work doing um tearing things down and building things up for his glory throughout all of history yeah. so so that's sort of like my fifth one that's my hope okay you know but honestly yeah, <laughs> the third the one a one. lot. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. How about you, dear listener? I th- I think that this has been more just fun for us right, to right, talk right, about right. a movie we like. But in reality, I think 
the metaphor and the movie does a really good job of kind of summarizing the journey a lot of us are on through this kind of like broken faith system that many of us have inherited and also conveying that there is hope. So uh, we want you to hopefully take some some time to think about like where are you or what does that journey look like for you? Can you resonate with any of Mirabelle's journey, our journey, that kind of thing? But yeah. before we go, before we go, oh, I want us, Allison, Charles, <laughs> oh, no. did not know this was coming. Let's talk about who these characters represent in churches. <laughs> Are you joking? So, so let's let's wait, name characters wait, and who what? is that in a church, okay? Wait, what? This just went from like, wow, so theoretically rich to like just gossip magazine. No, no, no. This is like going to be great. people magazine. No, this is going to be great. Trust me. Okay, so like we've already done one in the episode. We talked about Abuela and Abuela is the lead pastor. Right? Oh, my gosh. oh my gosh, this is good. Okay, the, how about Abuela's the one who's like, so like, don't rock the boat. Don't mess up my system. Oh, like yeah. everyone fall in line. And she's doing it from a place of like deep seated fear and insecurity. Jeez, Josh. <laughs> okay. This is so, I just feel like this is so rabbit hole, but I'm going to say it. Okay, Louisa. Mm-hmm. The child of someone on staff who is trying so hard (laughs) to keep their siblings in line and to keep like their parents' name out of the mud. Oh, wow. You went really specific. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's so common. I was going to say. I think a kid, a pastor's kid or a staff person's kid who's just like, okay, I've got this. I was going to say like overworked church volunteer oh yeah overworked mom a woman always a woman (laughs) probably not always we we know some people that have been men yes (laughs) we know some men men that have been overworked church volunteers but they're not quite louise expected to carry the weight with all right i do really like that more okay what about um what is his name the shapeshifter one oh camilo yeah yeah oh youth pastor Because he has to be all things, all people. All like, things, all, or, th- all or people. She, but yeah. his whole big, Camilla's whole big thing is making everyone laugh. And he's also kind of oblivious. <laughs> <laughs> This is getting so bad. Okay. He's the youth pastor. I do like this. Okay, so do you just have names and roles for every single person? I don't have them all off the top of my head, but I've got a few. Okay, what if, okay, Isabella, the hot worship person? <laughs> Isabella is the one who always feels the need to be perfect, right? And, um, so, who would she be? A pastor's wife, maybe? Um, yes. Actually, that's really good. Not that women can't be pastors, mm-hmm. but... Typically. And more traditional. Um, who else? Who else? No, it? typically pastor's wives, though, would have that kind of pressure of, like, yeah. I have to make everything better and more beautiful. And, like, if given the freedom to make something unexpected as mm. she sings in her song, mm-hmm. like that would be exciting. And like, oh gosh, I can do that too. Yeah. Okay. Oh, this is Or good. just anyone in church who's burdened by perfectionism. So basically anyone in church. <laughs> Okay, wait. To me, Louisa. You guys should write in for other ideas. Yes, please let us know. We're just bashing people now. Basically, no. Louisa and Isabella, like the pressure to be perfect and the pressure to perform, Mm -hmm. I feel like those two represent like the biggest, like, huge swath of most people in church all the time. Okay. Almost everyone. Okay. 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 Bruno. We're going to talk about him. Bruno. Okay, I have this one. Bruno has deconstructed already, and he still loves Jesus, but he is not welcome in church anymore. <laughs> like, 
So That's Bruno has been good. like kind of written off and Josh wants like, to be Bruno. He doesn't under- like Bruno is the person who asked like all the hard questions and saw the future of the church as being at risk and no one took him seriously. And so they kicked him out of church. And now and everyone's like, wait, Bruno might have been right. Basically, Bruno is Tim from the New Evangelicals. <laughs> like, Bruno, <laughs> Bruno is that guy who is still living behind the walls, hoping that he can be <laughs> welcomed back in. But he's oh he gosh. he believes in the he loves the church, but he's been driven out of it because of Whoa. his questions. Oh my gosh, Josh. Okay, really good. So, who else have you figured out? Because these are like you have obviously done more thinking about this than I knew. Um. Oh, Antonio, I, th- I was thinking of. He's the little one oh, who the gets little the... Guy. Yeah. Oh, I can't think of him as anyone but a child. So Antonio, in my mind, is like the the new young volunteer on the worship team <laughs> who like really just loves everything and is so excited. <laughs> and like... Is, or any team. Any yeah, team. any team. Like youth anytime. ministry, anything. But who's so excited and who like loves everything. And the person, <laughs> the person watching him is like, yeah, like... It, the pain's coming, but... <laughs> but trying to keep his childlike innocence yeah, as long like as Mirabelle possible. Yeah, like Mirabel loves him so much, but also knows like he's in for it. Yes. Oh my gosh, that is good. Okay, I'll give you one. Peppa. Her, the one with the weather. Oh, is that her name? Peppa, yeah. Uh-huh. No way. Yeah. Tia Peppa. Oh, okay. Oh. My Tia Peppa, her mood affects the weather. <laughs> That's a good one. Okay, I just know quite a few of them in my personal life, so I'm having trouble thinking of them in a <laughs> church setting. Um, I mean, definitely the person who in the church council or in the church, whatever the governing board is, is making the biggest stink all the time. The one that like the leadership team is like, well, so-and-so hopefully will be out and not at this current meeting. Um like total oh drama person. <laughs> I know so many Peppas. <laughs> you probably only know four, but they make such a big scene. Yeah. You remember them for always. That is a real, I hadn't thought about that. That's really great. Okay. This one's a little hard. I can't think of anything, but what about Mirabelle's mother? Okay. So she is the other pastor's wife. Julieta. Is that her name? Yeah. Um, like the other... Um, archetype of pastor's wife oh, like okay. oh i like demure and healing and i cook things and come to me and also I will... i'm gonna sweep all your problems under the rug <laughs> <laughs> right and i'm like she doesn't have a whole lot of agency she's a deacon yeah she's a she's a deacon she just serves food to make people feel oh better gosh, that's like no she's all about she's trying to heal people and make them feel right, better right. but which i did see of course an encanto enneagram mashup oh. and and she is a two. Oh yeah and that, that, is, that makes sense know, i do like like these. she's trying to help people but she doesn't understand the depths of the pain that's really <laughs> oh my going gosh on. Guys, help me. There's a lot of people (laughs) at churches trying to do good. No, okay. What I was going to say is that she is similar to a pastor's spouse. I'm actually going to go with spouse for this one, husband or wife, because there's like a lot of healing and a lot of like nurturing, but no agency. Mm. Like she, I kept forgetting she was the mother of the main character because she had no control or no voice over what was happening to Mirabelle. That's true. So similar to a pastor's spouse. Like, yep. All the knowledge, all the relationships, nothing to do about it. 
speaking as a pastor's spouse. Wow. <laughs> okay. Twice removed. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Here's a fun one. Here's a fun one. <laughs> Dolores. She's the one who can oh, hear everything. Fun. She's hilarious. Wow. Okay. So her personality is so spunky and enjoyable, in my opinion. But I don't want that to cloud my interpretation. What do She's you think? She's a gossip. She hears everything. <laughs> okay. Is that? A, I don't think of her as a gossip, but go ahead. She is, I guess. Yeah, yeah. She's also a little clueless. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking like that person uh, oh, who is... Oh, you know what? She hears everything and tells everyone everything. She's the church communications director. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. She's you. She's you. What? She's you. I didn't know I was supposed to say that on Instagram. <laughs> she is you and me. Oh my gosh. Josh. Okay. No. Oh. Um, that is kind of funny. Maybe. But what I was going to say is she is the person who whatever institution you find yourself in is the most charismatic. Like, if you're in a charismatic church, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're in a charismatic church, she's like the super charismatic person. If you're in like a (laughs) reformed Presbyterian church, she's like slightly kooky and maybe sometimes says spiritually unusual but often truthful things. So like, because she's like hearing and a little naive and like also like speaking truth oddly enough and mm. you're like what's going on like mm-hmm. can we trust her i think she's right but maybe not she mm-hmm. might be crazy mm-hmm. yeah that's good if you would like please let us know if you would prefer <laughs> this podcast to evolve into us just doing this for all major okay well, you franchises know, yeah we just assign no, we're not gonna roles. do that but you know what this is reminding me of? The Bible Binge Podcast. Oh. Because I don't think you've ever heard it. No, Have you I listened don't think to so. it? Sometimes I'm like, Josh, listen to this. And he's like, no, no, no. I don't want to listen. <laughs> I need to be in my head. Don't talk to me. They do a, I know they do a lot of pop culture. They do, they do, but what they do, which I'm referring to, is they take a Bible passage and then they assign roles to the Bible characters. Like they assign oh. actual actors. Like, oh, the voice of God would be played by Leonardo DiCaprio in this scene or whatever. I don't okay. know. Um, but it feels a little bit like that. Yeah. Okay. I want to think of everybody else in this. The only two I, the only two others I didn't think to do was the, the dads, Felix and um, Augustine. So Mirabelle's okay. dad and oh. Felix married Peppa. I mean, that husband is hilarious. He's just, in, that man is in every single church. Yeah. The, the husband of the weather woman is in every single church and you love him. Like you're so glad he's there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's no description. There's I have no other things to say about him. Yeah. But you're like, he's in every church. Yeah, yeah. And you're just like, you oh, know, thank when you God, there's this happy, like, and I don't, the dad, <laughs> supportive person. The dad, unfortunately, I don't think it has enough characterization no, in the movie. No, he's not developed really. enough. The person he's, who I, the gets bee stings yeah, a lot in your gets, community. <laughs> he just gets stung by bees. <laughs> so he's probably the head of a committee who's always getting beat up on by everyone else. Oh, <laughs> just trying to do the right maybe, thing. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Oh my gosh. I want to think of more archetypes like this. We'll have to do this again. Well, Uh, I don't know. I feel like it could have been a little. (laughs) That was almost 45 minutes of talking about Encanto (laughs) and deconstruction. I do think it got best at the end. Thank you. Or worse. Or worse. We'll see when we edit it. (laughs) Thanks for sticking with us, guys. Yep. Um, Wherever you're at on this journey, we pray that you find the light that God is shining and uh, inviting you to reclaim mm -hmm. in your life because Mm -hmm. really it is a hopeful journey even in the darkest moments. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Take care.